the hospital and they had no idea that he was in the hospital. I went to Mountain View yeah. Hospital to visit this kid. They had, yeah. they didn't have yeah. on record. So I walk out and go, what hospital are you in? He goes, I'm in Mountain View. I go, well, there's no record of you. I said, are you witness protection? So the kid goes, what does that mean? I said, forget it. Come, come back and wake up. So I go back and visit the kid. Great kid. So anyways, buddy, take us away because the, the, the drama that is the Raiders just hit another shit storm today. You 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 want to you want to you want to enlighten everybody? I got to tell you, another podcast came out and said, "Hey, Gruden killed the deal where Tom Brady and Gronk could have come to the Raiders." So I'm I'm just going to go to you first. What was your first reaction? Were you angry? You feel oh, okay? That's fine. What was your What was your thought? I thought it was bullshit until I saw it on Gronkast, and I saw Dana White and Gronk's brothers and Michael E. just trying to mediate from ESPN. But you got six drunk guys talking. And then it came out that, that Gronk verified it. Here we go. The phone always rings when we do this thing. People knock yeah. on the door and the phone rings when I call. It was Gronk. It was Gronk calling. Gronk. Gronk verifies it. And then Davis comes out and says, well, you know, Dana, something should be left unsaid. So every single pundit that we look up to or watch in the morning started their shows out with it. And, and I'm just going to say what they said because I kind of agree. It makes Davis look like an idiot. And I love the guy. It makes the Raiders look like idiots. I love Derek Carr. He's my favorite quarterback. I've watched every play. Got a chance to pull the trigger for Tom Brady. It doesn't cost you that much. You go get him. Brady was looking for houses. That's the whole thing. Then Brady yeah. kind of verified it. So when he said that, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, not taking me over that motherfucker. I guess it was Derek Carr. Yeah. So do you think that uh, it was just, you know, a podcast trying to get some extra views and really kind of uh uh you know get it going the gronk cast uh was it that or do you think or do you think people uh, especially people in raider nation are going to be really upset with this i mean brady then went on to win a super bowl with the buccaneers um would he have done that you think and i know this is hypothetical but i'm going to ask you since you're you're the raider expert do you think he would have won a super bowl here with the raiders well they won eight and eight that year and i have to think that the best quarterback of all time, you need a couple more wins and you're in the playoffs. So once you get in the playoffs, you got Tom Brady as your quarterback, anything could happen. So I'm just a little myth because I, I just think that it, 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 I, I was never, I was all, I used to cover the Raiders for AOL and John Groom was a great guy in his first stint from 1998 through 2001. When he got hired by the Raiders again, I knew there was an ego. Derek Carr said a couple of years ago, when John calls a play, I run it. And I think that Gruden killed the deal for one reason. He has to have complete power. Because on a second and nine, when Brady walks that line of scrimmage and Gruden calls a running play to Josh Jacobs, Brady might see something different and audible eyes out of it, and Gruden needs total control. Why Gruden nicks that deal, is it that? Or is the fact that he has to be the top dog? He's the face of the organization. When Tom Brady comes to your team, he's the face of your organization. Not your coach, not your wide receiver. He's the guy. He's not asking for it. He's humble in his own in his own mind. I'm just upset because we've had two winning seasons in 20 years, and I think if Brady came here, I think it would have started the process of winning earlier. And I love Derek Carr and what he's done. So, do you think it was more uh, Gruden, Gruden's ego? Just hey, I'm not going to because he's really never had what you would call a big name quarterback uh, that he's worked with. And at the same time, too, I mean, he's the type of guy. It's you know, it's first and 20. Uh, let's run the ball. Let's run it again. So um, do you think that that's it was it was all Gruden's ego? Uh, well, Gruden's ego, but Gruden's great with quarterbacks. He's a he, he he turned around Brad Johnson's career. Look at do it. Rich Gannon guy was in the league nine years, comes to the Raiders, goes to four Pro Bowls and wins an MVP. OK, he loves veteran quarterbacks. Everything about the Tom Brady deal worked. So it had to be ego because you're, Tom Brady is going to work with you and Tom Brady is going to make your players around you better. And I'm thinking, yeah, Darren Waller. He's going to have Gronkowski on the team. His slot receiver, that's Julian Edelman's name is Hunter Renfro. You got Nelson Aguilar, who had 1,000 yards of car that year, and a young Henry Ruggs, who's the top rookie uh, picked in the draft. I got to think that that offense would have been just as dynamic or more dynamic than, than it would, have, would be with Derek Carr. It's just the what-ifs, and, and I, I don't know how you blow that deal. So And it wasn't, it wasn't Davis. It was Gruden that nixed the deal. I wish Davis had enough balls, if this is true. Okay, everything comes out true, what they're saying. I wish he was the kind of owner that said, you know what, John, I'm going to overrule you in this case, and we're going to go with this. And I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm paying you $100 million for 10 years guaranteed, 
But this is where I put the foot down because I don't I don't see Jerry Jones or any other owner not doing this. Yep. Do, do you think that uh, Carr would have been gone? Oh yeah. That they would have had absolutely. You can and Carr at that time came up a great 2019. He's a young young guy. He's 28 at the time. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a one or a two for him. So you're gonna get a great draft pick for a guy. Yeah. Uh, um, there would have been inquiries about Derek Carr. Not Derek Carr wouldn't stay. He's too good of a quarterback. But it didn't happen. And uh, we, you know, we we move on. I'm, I'm excited about the Raiders' chances this year with Derek Carr and Tom Brady's quarterback guru is a coach, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Uh, great to have you here. Questions or comments, drop in the chat box. If you're not watching us live, you can email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. We are Daily Fish. Coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach, we hit issues. You are talking about sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. Controversial, yes. Informed, oh yeah. No woke, no extreme, no Karens, no social justice cops. We let the threes fly and we aim for the third deck. It's a bumpy, fun ride. We are live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Mondays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding. Uh-oh, there he is. Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV. That's at heyvegastv.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. And use all those channels to hear our interview chats with our special guests throughout the week. All right, so you you, th- you threw up Tom Brady there. Was that a mistake, or did you want to do that? No, I just want I wanted to see what he looked like if he lived there because now the, some of some of the buffets are open up right now. I think the TV twelve goes away, so I think he's happy they stayed in Tampa. But uh, and, and a lot it, it worked out for everyone. Yeah. And, and again, it's not an indictment on Derek Carr. I'm getting texts right now. Well, I'm not dogging Derek Carr. You yeah, have a chance absolutely. to get the best quarterback who's playing like he did when he's 25. You go get him. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, hey, football coming up. In Ireland, college football season is kicking off. Dad. What do you What do you think about that? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of Irishmen doing this. There's a hundred thousand in Dublin. Great, John, you're Irish, okay? Your Irish heritage, you're, 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 everything about you is Irish. If, you, if God forbid you puncture your finger, green blood comes out. Not Vulcan blood, but green blood, because you're Irish. And they're playing. Northwestern is playing Nebraska. I'm just a little myth, and I want to ask you: We think how does a Notre Dame fighting Irish? Not be playing in the first game ever in Ireland for an American football game, college football-wise. How the Notre Dame Fighting Irish not playing in Ireland? Well, the reason why is because Ohio State paid a lot of money to get them to open up in Columbus, Ohio. And that's what's going to happen. And it, it, it reminds me of a joke. I just want to tell you this great Irish joke. So Michael goes into the confessional. He says, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I've committed the sin of adultery two times. And the father goes... Um, so, Michael, is that you? He goes, yes, it is, Father. He goes, so was it with Mrs. McGillicutty? He says, no, Father, it wasn't. He says, was it with Mrs. Brown? No, Father, it wasn't. And does it matter who it's with as long as I'm confessing my sins? And the priest says, no, you're right, Father. He says, you're right. He says, I absolve you. You get three Our Fathers and two Hail Marys for your penance. Michael walks out. He runs into Patrick. Patrick says, so what did Father give you as far as for the, for the two sins of adultery? He says he gave me three Our Fathers, two Hail Marys, and two great tips. See you later, guys. Nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, that I'm proud of you. That delivery and your and your accent was great. It's cute. I love, love it. I love, love the fact. Uh, hey, John, college football. We got. We got. We well, got well, it is. But I, I, the joke. The reason why the joke corresponds to it is because the Irish Notre Dame they took the deal. <laughs> they yes. took the deal with Ohio yeah. State when they could have gone back to Ireland and actually kicked off football for the first time there. So, so uh, that's the way we are. It's good though. It's good that they're opening a new market. I, I think. I think so too. I did my. I think this is the first football game of any substance. Substance, you know. It's I know there's no pro games college in Ireland. That's a new market. I know it's big in England. London's got the games. Obviously, this year got three or four games. So it's great. Well, when you when you figure that are uh, Ireland has about four or five million people over there, but there are I can't remember the number now, but I think the number is there's 35 million Americans who are of Irish descent. So I can see where I think this this will be big. You know, it's uh, I I think they enjoy it over there, and I think they'll I think they'll get a kick out of it. I'm I'm going to be watching. Out. It's yeah. sold out. You got to think. Usually when the pro teams go over there, you have the the bases, and you know American military go over there. Let's see how many fans go over there. If Northwestern is based in Chicago, and of yeah. course Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska is that's the biggest thing in in, in the state. Is that let's see. I mean, it'd be nice to see if some of the they have some packages. You know, let's 
I, I hope there's an under, undercover jet setter somewhere that can get some packages deals going uh, to get yeah. them over there. It'd be fun, it'd be fun to watch. It's, it's good, good fodder for Saturday. Well, and it's good if anybody's going over uh, to there. Just remember, a lot of people don't realize they think they always make fun of Irish cuisine. Ireland's and especially Dublin is one of the great food towns now in the world. And so there there's great restaurants there. It's uh, it, it's a it's a it's a great spot to go. So if you're thinking about going over, that's good. We're definitely going to be watching it. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, Fish, let me let me throw this this uh, question at you. Is it more important to develop a brand or to win as an athlete when we all see all these college kids going there? What do you think? Well, the NIL is brand, brand, brand. You see this guy. I don't want to mention the guy's name because he recently passed away, but there's a quarterback that was in the locker room after a 30 to 20 loss to the Ravens. And he's on his phone telling his dad what a great game he had and, and, and it's going to help his brand. And the coach, Rob Rivera, walks up to the kid and takes a phone and throws it across the room and goes, I don't want to hear about brand. We lost a the game. There's no brand. And more kids are interested in their brand and their TikTok and their Snapchat and developing stuff to put on TikTok and Snapchat. And the NIL really concerned that there's more players that are getting this money and they're doing all kinds of social media spots. And I just wonder if there, if the money is so, um, the, the, that the, the money coming into them is more important than them to develop themselves as athletes. I'm asking you that question. I'm asking our audience that question, both listening and, and, and viewing us because you know, what happened to the old days? I'll give you an analogy. Okay, a lot of a lot of performers can't that that are that are actual people in bands. Like we we had this great guy Rick Serrate the other day, and he got, they can't stand American Idol because these yeah. guys started in the garages and they played guitars until eight years old. And here it comes now. Look, Carrie Underwood. All right, who's a chick that got heavy and she's beautiful, great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't talk about the first one that won it. I, I had her at the tip of my head. I don't script myself. Can't think of her name. Kelly. Kelly, uh, Kelly. Uh, it's not Kelly McGillis. No. <laughs> God damn it. You know, it, it's going to get old. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Thanks, Hardline. Hardline just texted me. Kelly Thank Clarkson. Hardline, Hardline said 10 to 1, you're going to you both will forget the name. Anyways, <laughs> um, He's they right. made it out of American Idol. It's the same thing. Do you do you you know do you, do you want to do you want a clear path or an easier path to get somewhere, or do you want to work hard? And part of American about being American is a Puritan work ethic. You work hard, you believe in family and faith, and good things will happen. So I don't know. I I, I if you if anyway you could build your brand, do it. But I don't I don't know if the money, the enticement of money, is that much that it says okay, I've already made three million. If I don't make it in college football, I got a good start in my life money wise. Well, I think so. But at the same time, too, if you're not winning and you're not performing on the field and you're doing great on social media, I, 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 I think you got kind of a dead end there. So to oh, me, wait, wait, go back, go back. Dead end. If you're getting three million dollars like some of these kids are starting to get now. Yeah, but they may not be it once they you got no money. You got no money. You're just going to school and you're, you're a student athlete. Right. OK, now you got three million in your dowry. Yep. And if, if, you, if you stink, you still got the three million minus the taxes and agent. But you still got a little money. And you get a degree or something like that, you got to start. Well, well, that's true. But at the same time, too, you know, if, if you stink on the field, uh, you're not going to go anywhere and your brand is going to probably be stifled unless you do something else with your brand. That's what I'm saying. So I, I agree with you. I, I just think it's, you know, it's all about, you know, being on the field and getting the, getting the game going, uh, getting your game going uh, to be the athlete. And, you know, you know, you want to be you want to win the national championship. And if that's not important to you, well, then it's you know, it's going to come out. So it's, we live in a different time. That's all. Um, yeah. Hey, sideline reporters, we, you and I keep talking about this. Um, are they useless? Are they worthwhile? Um, I've got, now that we lost Tony Saragusa, to me, he was the only great sideline reporter. I loved what he did because he could really tear apart the game from, from the offensive and defensive line. Um, I don't, I just don't think a lot of them are, and you know, it's just going to come across sexist because a lot of them are, are, are women reporters. I don't mean to, to say that, but it's just, they're just asking repeated questions and the coaches don't want to talk that much. So they are just going to give you the repeated answers and then bang, oh, they're gone. So what do you think? Um, a salary reporter's main job for me, and you talk about great ones. You got Evan Washburn, you got, uh, uh, Tracy Hardline, give me their name, Wilson on CBS and of course mm -hmm. Aaron Andrews. 
and Pam Oliver on Fox. And you got uh, there's some great sideline reporters. And it started out with Jim Lampley at ABC with Pete Jackson. That's how he got his start as a sideline reporter. Their main yeah. job for me is when an injury happens, get me the update. Why they're useless to me sometimes. If the Steelers are down, the Steelers are down twenty-one nothing in a game a couple of years ago. I mentioned a name because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody. The Southern reporter said, "Hey, coach, you're down twenty-one nothing. What do you have to do in the second half to come back?" And Tomlin had enough class, but gave the person a look like, "Well, I don't. You're getting paid a lot of. Give me the injury. Every if it, if it's an NFL game or a college game." And you're watching the Giants shout your team out to right. If a guy goes down, I want that immediately. That's your job. You're by the tent, get to someone on the sideline and get the report for injuries. That's all I care. Other than that, you're useless to me. Yep. Okay, I hear you. All right. You got any memes for me? Well, yeah, I got yeah. I maybe got some memes for you, but uh I wanna get some I'm gonna get some stadium names that are driving me crazy too. Okay, check this out. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna love this. So we go back to when we were younger and nowadays, okay? And for our listening audience, this is what PE teachers look like now and we did when John and I were kids, okay? Now, the one now looks like a model, and the one back in the day looks like a fat Ric Flair with curly hair and sunglasses you wore in 1952, and he's got more chins than a phone book from another, from another country. I mean, it's amazing. That's true. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Look at this guy. Please get, please get, uh, if you're listening, get to our viewing site. And it's true. That's a female PE teachers look like back then, you know. And and nowadays, you know, you you, you, you better put a chassis belt in your 15-year-old, I'm telling you right now. Uh, the segue out of that, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs found that, you know, the Raider fans like to, to, to really harass the Chiefs and trash talk, right? Well, they found they're, they had a cheerleading contest, right? And they found their head cheerleader. And, they, and, and check her out. She won. Look at this one. <laughs> <laughs> Very decent-looking young lady. Um, you know, she's got a great, nice-looking face. She's got the shag haircut, nice glasses. But there's a package where <laughs> where there should where, where there should be flatness, there's a package. So it's good to know that the Chiefs are into trends, you know, to the LBGT. We, we are, too. No, go get them. God bless her or him or whatever it is. All right, cool. All right. All right. Those are some memes. All right. Uh, Fish, you got to tell me what you're binging on because to be honest, I'm not binging on anything. I just, I've just been watching sports as much as I can. So you got to, you, you handle the binge this week. Never have I on Netflix. Imagine a family from India moves to Southern California to Sherman Oaks. It's, it's a Hindu culture meets fast times at Ridgemont High. That's a cute story about a family from India, the, the, the mother, the father, the young daughter, and they're in a, they go to Sherman Oaks High School. It's not, there's no Sherman Oaks High School, but it's an elitist high school. And the characters that are there, and there's a stoner, and there's, there's a good looking guy and her friends. And John McEnroe does the narration, you know. Really? Does, yeah, John McEnroe, and he, and he plays himself. Because he was on narrating this thing. I, it's, it, it, it's, it's campy in some moments. I think it's brilliant. Wow. All right. That is our binge. I'll, hopefully I have something next week. I've, I've been too busy watching sports. All right. Now it is time for our schmuck of the week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? Actually, Harlan just came in and said that that, that PE teacher, is Dusty Rhodes. That's, that's <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. That's a wrestler. Wow. Maybe that was my PE teacher. Okay. The schmuck of the week is this. Okay. Now, look. We get political on the show, but at least if you're gonna if you're gonna do politics, at least know the name of the person that you're gonna vote for. Trump, <laughs> these guys. That's that's at a convention. I mean, wow, you know, and you know, Trump came up to them and signed that. Tiny did their shirts. <laughs> nice way of putting it. Uh, gotta have fun with this, guys. All righty. Uh, so our spelling bee gets the schmuck of the week. Who's got swag? Who are we toasting? Okay, I got, okay you know, you, everyone knows this one. I'm going to show the video again because this is the, John, John pointed this out to me. This is the ultimate sign. It's a minute and 20 seconds. This is the ultimate sign of passion and empathy and sportsmanship in a Little League World Series game. Watch this. If y'all haven't seen it, oh you're going to see it again. Oh, my God. That's awesome.
is a tough kid right there. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. One of the great examples of it, of sportsmanship, the way it is, con uh, caring, concern. And it's so important that we have that at this time, because as a nation, we're so polarized and we're trying to take apart somebody who's not like us. So uh, those kids and, and watching the Little League World Series in so many ways has has been the epitome of what we should be doing in the United States. So that was a that was a great, great. Well, put. and that's you know what? That's what Daly's binge watching. Every day we talk about baseball, which is John's favorite sport besides golf. And he's binge watching, which is actually the greatest 30 days of, of August. Um, uh, the Little League World Series. I have one more swag. I, I have to show this. I'm going to get a lot of – this is me doing this. Do not take this out on John Daly or John Hardison. I got to figure out where these girls went to class because – and 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 you, I want, I'm just going to show it to you. The listeners are going to have to take the moment of silence and then go on. You get to view us and look at how handsome John Daly and John Hardison are. What are these girls doing and what class is this? And when we bring Hardison on, I want them to name me the class this is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be oh, the, 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 I, I got that off, off Twitter, and the original thing was Trey Lance throws a touchdown pass for the 49ers, and here's their fans. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think it's a culinary. It's a culinary. I want to come back in my next life as a banana, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> look, at, look at daily sweating. You know, John, if you see a peach, you know what that is. You know what a banana is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I know. All right. That's our swag. Those girls are all swag. I love you. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. I can only insinuate. Look, John. <laughs> oh, all right. right. We need you. Now we got our drink of the week. Oh, what yeah. are we going to be tipping? Before we do, though, Fish, let's bring in our man in Hardline, John Hardison, to toast with us. Hardline, welcome. Got your drink with you, pal. I got my drink with you, fish, fishy. Okay, you need a cold, cold shower real quick. No, no. I, you know, I, I saw that and I said, how can I incorporate this and keep a PG thirteen audience? And I can't. But it was great. And you know what? Let everyone's imagination do what they have to do. I will tell you this: it's hot. It's hot in Carolina. It's we're having a brutal summer here. So what Chuck's Tavern does, where I there, where I'm there, and John will we'll tease that in a minute. We have a great drink menu that really accentuates the summer months of June, July, and August, which we call the 90 days of hell daily. You lived here, all right? A rum runner. And I, I make it a little different than Shucks, but I'm going to get close. So this is, okay, Captain Morgan, okay, Malibu, Bacardi. And I use the three juices, uh, Hardison. I use cranberry juice, I use orange juice and pineapple juice, right? And then I flow a bit of Myers on top and a little touch of grenadine. You throw a cherry in there, all right? And John, John's undercover jet setter shows, this is what they're showing on the beaches of Maui and wherever, Cabo San Lucas. It's a great drink. And we, may, and, and we sell a lot at Chuck's Tavern. So here's to our swag. Yeah. To, to, and you know what? Throw a banana in there. Why not? <laughs> Put your garbage a banana. Right. We should have done that. That's for sure. All right. The uh, Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. All right, now it's time to get the hard line in here. We're going to do the betting scenes with the Daily Fish hard lines. Again, he is John Hardison. He is the... He has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast as well. Hardline, all right. Let's uh, let's jump in right here. I'm going to do it because uh, Fish always says, because I, I do golf. The finals, FedEx Cup finals, figuring out who's going to be the tour champ. What bets do you take? Uh, I think you look at kind of what everything's been going on throughout the uh, the last couple 
last couple of tournaments, it's been a bit of an up and down year. There's never been someone that's just been like the standard, like as we talked about with like a Tiger Woods or anything like that. Um, I still think that you have to go with the John Rahm. I still think that you have to go with the Scotty Scheffler as, as two guys that you definitely want to bet um, to take it all. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, especially going on right now, but those would be my two guys that you're looking at. I did like Patrick Cantley. Um, I think they were talking about he was possibly injured uh, when I looked at him on Saturday uh, during his last thing. So we're, we're going to see. But if Patrick's available and he's, a, he's up there, that's one of my top three to pick. Those are my top three. Yeah, and Cantley's trying to repeat, so it could be interesting to see that. I think he's okay, though, from what I'm, uh, what I'm, what I'm hearing. That's for sure. Okay, um, let's go to the NFL prop bets. You got some popular things that uh, we should be looking at. I think the biggest thing about the prop bets that this year is it's it's easy to look at teams. We we talked about futures, but I think that a lot of it is um, will. And this is coming back. Will Derrick Henry get over a thousand yards this year? I mean, that's one I think that he's going to get over the 1,000 yards. Uh, it's kind of questionable because he got injured last year. You know, we, we got to see kind of where he's going to go with this. Uh, the other one is, will uh, Cooper Cup repeat as a triple crown? I don't think that he will. I think they'll have a good season. But I also think that this is the biggest thing betters have to take into consideration, which is the strength of schedule. Your schedule changes each year based off of how you finished in the last. And so your competition is going to get harder as well. I think that. Uh, Cooper Cup probably is going to finish top five in yards this year, but it all unfortunately depends on how Matt Stafford's arm's going to be uh, and where we go from there. I think that there's one dark horse in terms of possibly being able to lead the league in rushing this year. It's a guy that a lot of us have uh, have penciled in as a possible winner, and that's DeAndre Swift with the Detroit Lions. I think that he – we've seen what they've been able to do on hard knocks. We see what Deuce Daly's doing with them. Uh, I think he has a very good shot at – if not getting rushing title this year, at least being top three. This, this is the most important prop I've, I've ever asked you before. Of these <laughs> seven or eight girls, how many actually ate the banana or used the banana in another vernacular way? Give me, come on. You're, you're, you're 68%. I got eight women there. All right. Look at the one closest to us holding the rings of this and that. She's really enjoying the banana. The one in the back row, I'm getting comments up the right. Go back to the bananas. Come bananas over the bananas. The one in the back row hates what she's doing closer to you. I, I, how many girls are actually eating that banana? Come on, Hardline. Uh, uh, eating, eating, or, or eating, or, or working on breathing underwater. Which, which, what's, what's the prop that I got? That's why I love you so much. I'm gonna get now. Now I'm sweating. <laughs> now we're getting problems. Yeah, give me the ones that are. If there's eight women over under three eating or three underwater. I'm gonna go. Uh, over three underwater, I'm going to guess about two eating. I'm going to guess two two eating it right now. I, I think that, you know, someone started off and, and didn't understand the assignment. And one of them might be Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, get that butter knife out. Okay, I'm gonna, now I'm going to – this is a great segue. Can Daniel Jones be Joe Burrow? <laughs> Let's go to Daniel Jones. Can he be under Joe Burrow? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think the time in, in New York is over. I mean, Joe Burrow has a whole different type of swag, a whole different set of set of skills. I think this is just Daniel Jones. I don't think should have been a top 10 pick. I don't think he even should have been uh, even at six. I think that he was a guy that got passed because of certain rain recognitions, the Mannings giving their blessing and and saying that this is the guy. But there's nothing that Daniel Jones has shown me that he's a franchise quarterback. I mean, look, they crucified – uh, Eli Manning, and that man won him two Super Bowls. There's nothing that Daniel Jones has shown me that's even close to Eli Manning. Not even his his facial cues on the side of the of the side on the sidelines when he's confused. And he looks more confused than Eli Manning in the Super Bowl in the third quarter. I disagree with you. I, I watched that game last night, and he he he's the, the, that Brian Dable, John John. When I knew John, when John was a diehard Daly was a diehard Giants fan, you know. I'm this for you, John. I watched him under the tool of the table and Mike Kafka, the, the quarterback coach, and he and he's throwing balls that jo- the same patterns that Josh Allen does. And it was 16 out of 18 interception. I disagree. I think this kid's going to have a very good year. It's the, does his receivers over and under on the Giants? Do they have it? Does Kenny Galladay or, or Kadarius Tony get a thousand yards, or does Saquon Barkley get a thousand yards? This is for Dave Panati and our Giant. We have a big Giants fans audience out there, Hardison. Be nice. <laughs> hell no hell no the hell no look 
We'll see by week five when all the Giants fans decide to gang up on Daniel Jones again and talk about he sucks and we need to move on. No, I don't think. Did the Lions play the Giants this year? You would know that. Uh, I don't think that we play him this year. I know we play the Commanders. I don't think we play the Giants. But but no, I don't. I mean, look, we had Kenny Galladay in Detroit and we shipped him to New York. Uh, I I don't think that it's going to happen. I mean, look, I hope for a resurgence of a career. But I think that his time is over. I think he's going to be on the Andy Dalton track soon of being a backup. I, I agree with you. I, as much as I like him, I, I just don't think he has the the presence. I think this year they're giving him a chance to prove himself. And if he doesn't do it this year, then I think he's he's probably in the way out. One of the guys I'm looking at, and a lot of people don't don't see this. I, I watched Kenny Pickett uh, with the Steelers, and I love the way he's carrying himself. Now there there are two other good quarterbacks there. I've got a sneaking suspicion. I think he's going to be the starter. And I think the fact that he went to Pitt, uh, I think he's he seems to be getting that team around him. And now, granted, he's been playing with the third string. But give me your take. Uh, wh- wh- what do you think? Do you think Kenny Pickett is their starter? Or what do you see happening? Uh, you know what? Look, I like Kenny Pickett. I, I think it's a great story. Um, it resonates kind of like a Dan Marino type thing, a guy – uh, small college, you know, going in, uh, going kind of high. I don't think that he's going to be the starter starting off. I don't think he's week one. I think you're going to get Mitch Trubisky week one. Usually with a guy like that, you want to ease him in. You don't want to scare him uh, too quickly. I think probably by week four, week five, he'll be the starter. But I think that Mitch Trubisky is going to be your week one starter. Okay. Hey, this just came in just before we were getting on. Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. They announced him. He's the starting quarterback for game one. For the uh, for the Panthers, guess who they're playing? <laughs> the Cleveland oh, they Browns. Play, they play your Browns. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, I I don't know what's worse: watching Baker Mayfield with the Carolina Panthers or watching Jacoby Brissett start at quarterback with very little reps. I I, I think. Look, I, I'm almost guaranteeing myself to take the under that game because it's going to be a complete shit show. And hopefully Christian McCaffrey doesn't take off on the first play of the game and pull his hamstring yet again. So, you know, this is a, it's, it's a thing. Look, it's a chance for Baker Mayfield to prove himself. I know he's got a chip on his shoulder when he comes back to play. I think it would be a better situation if Watson was playing to kind of see, you know, where he, uh, where he puts himself. But I, I don't have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield. I just don't. I, I'm interested to see, what happens with Sam Darnold if they're going to decide to try to trade him maybe to the Seattle Seahawks, which is uh, there's some speculations going on that maybe he's going to end up there. But we'll see. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield left one great running back, actually two great running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to go with yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Let's see kind of just what happens. But I don't have a whole lot of faith. Okay. This place that we advertise, because I work there, we are, the two of you and myself, and what's called the last man standing. Believe it or not, the board is full. We filled it up. We always take to like the, la- the Saturday before the season starts to fill the board up. We're full. There's 50 contestants to win $1,000, all right? I, over and under, you get two losses. By what week are John and I out of it? Week six, over and under. Well, you get two you losses. I, I'll give you guys – Go explain how it works. You guys, you guys know how it works, right? You, you, well, I mean, yeah, we do, go, go ahead and tell the folks. Okay, you, you pick a team. Pick one team. You pick any team. So, first of all, Tampa Bay plays Dallas in week one, right? If I pick Tampa to win with John, and they win, they move on to week two. We can't pick them again the rest of the season. Same thing. John, you could pick the Lions play the Eagles in week one, right? Pick the Lions and win. Yes. You get two losses in our pool, and if you get a tie, you move on. In, in the casinos, you get one loss, and the tie's a loss. You're out. I say by week seven, John and I will definitely be in the red. We'll be in, we'll have a, we'll be in a mulligan. And uh, uh, hardline, you know, it's tougher than you think. The, the, the last man, it's a lot tougher than you think. Oh, I think it is. Uh, I agree. Oh, it, it is. Last, but the, the biggest thing is last, last year, twenty-five people were knocked out or got a mulligan on one game. Do you remember hardline early in the season when the Jets were in this and they went to Tennessee and they beat Tennessee? You know that. Yeah. That's it. That's all it takes. And everyone's all oh, the Jets suck and they suck and they time for playing good ball. And Derek Henry wasn't injured yet. And boom. So it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, Hardline, if he wins, is going to donate his money to the Cosmopolitan Bar Bill that he has for him and his wife. 
John Daly and I win. We're gonna develop, we're gonna celebrate we're gonna put it towards a charity, probably get John better lessons to be a comic and get Tony Bisick and Brad Grumberg on. And that's that. I'm excited about the last man standing. It's football's fun. And you, John, tell them how they for for at least you and I, how the fans of the show can get involved. Hey, all they gotta do is just uh, every week give us their pick that they want us to do. And if we got enough of them, we'll take a look at it and we'll put yours on there too. And again, the charity that we pick, we'll put it in your name if you've been giving us a lot of those. Isn't that the best way to say it, Fish? Yeah. You know what? You know what, John? This I'm, I'm leaning towards this. Tell them where you're going tomorrow or Friday. That's right. Actually, I'm going to say this at the end, but I'm going to the Hope for the Warriors. Their uh, golf tournament is this weekend in uh, Wallace, North Carolina, which is near Wilmington. And I'm going to be there with Johnny Bench, Doug Flynn, and among others, Rick Serrate, who we had on the show, uh, if you catch that interview. Uh, so, and this is to help help our warriors who have been wounded or uh, hurt in, uh, in wartime, gets them back so that they're with their families, gets them back so they're working, they're part of their community. It's a great, great event. The great thing about it is you actually get to play golf with these warriors as they're recovering. And it's 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 a ton of fun. So it's really great. So I'm really looking forward to it. And is there, uh, is there any they, is there any anger management issues out there when you play with guys like even even the celebrities Johnny Bench? But you get a guy there that has PTSD and he, and he has a shitty tee shot, takes his club and starts swinging at you. Why? Well, I, I was playing with the real John Daly. Who's that fat guy with fun? Who the fuck are you? Well, I yeah. host a real TV. I hate that show, Real TV. A mobber shot stole it from you. Get the fuck off the golf course. Get ready for that, Daly. I'm sure. I'm sure that's been said behind my back a few times, but uh, but so far, no, I have not seen any of that uh, happen. No, they're all great there, and uh, it's uh, it, it's a great experience of uh, people reaching out, and you end up having uh, long friendships. Like we've uh, some of the some of these guys that when they're down in the Myrtle Beach area, we my wife Terry and I we go out with them and their and their families. And uh, well, we I heard them. this: if you win the golf tournament. You get a free session in this class right here. Well, that's, so, that's, that's a big part of it, yes. That, yeah. That's why Hardest and I are flying to Wallace, <laughs> North Carolina on a red eye. I'm having so, fun. I'm going bananas. Hard line. The question is, how many more times under and over will Fish show that banana picture? Right, he just flew it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make just sure today? Lose it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Will it be more than the Brady picture? Oh yeah, almost oh, definitely more than that. I think I think Fish is gonna print that picture out and put it on the back of his door, and that's his mantra for the morning. <laughs> you got to get it up. Well, there goes Farrah Fawcett. There goes Olivia Newton-John. Rest in peace. Look at this. <laughs> Imagine my wife comes home and sees that and goes, "Oh yeah, I took that class." No, you didn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm fun. All right, buddy. All right, Where are we going? Daily, lead us. That is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison on the Cost of Winning Podcast. Again, you can find him here with us also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Hardline, stick around because we're going to need you for some political odds as well, so don't go away. More controversy ahead, folks. After all, we are Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We untangle politics and society for you. That's coming up. Again, if you have questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Hey, the Myrtle Beach Golf Trail, great place to get away. They have dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. Set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, and a bunch of friends. The site is MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. You can play there year-round. It's still great here. Even though it's been hot, it's still a lot of good wind coming off the beach and the ocean. So make sure to get down there. All right, don't forget our interview shows during the week. Make sure to check them out on Facebook at Daily Fish. Daily.fish.5, also on Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Grand Strand Life, YouTube, Winding TV, and Hey Vegas TV. You can also listen to us on uh, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. All right, time now. We're going to dive into some societal stuff, some political um, ideas, some stuff like this, just to just kind of ratchet things up a little bit. So, Fish, you. You you want to jump into some odds here? You want you want the uh, you want Hardline to become kind of a Cornacki like they have him on MSNBC? What do you, well, what, what do you think we should hit him with first? Well, the, the guy on Crossfire, I can't think of the name with the glasses. J 
John Hardison, I got you live today. Donald Trump, eight to one. What do you think? 2024 election. Give it to me. I'm, I'm taking it. I'm, I'm taking it. I think that people love that man. I think that, you know, I see the flags. I see the pickup trucks. It's coming. The energy is live. I think that that's their guy. Uh, coming through and if he decides that you know what maybe he's got something else going on maybe he's got some more porn stars that he wants to take out you know then we're going to go ahead with DeSantis all right Ron DeSantis you said it's bullet fire bullet fire bullet fire Ron DeSantis 25 to 1 John Hardison give it to me would you bet it I I, I bet it easily I think he I think he's right there I, I take it eight to one he's he's the front runner almost right behind Trump to go ahead and get that nomination Liz so, Cheney, independent. Liz Cheney, independent at 100 to 1. Okay? She's teaching girls how to do bananas right now. What to take it, 100 to 1? Hell no. No independent's going to do anything. I mean, she, she, people like her. They got the name, but not at 100 to 1. You got to give me something a little bit better than that. Democrats, Democrats, Democrats. All right. Kamala Harris, 1,000 to 1. Can't you win? Would you bet it? 1,000 to 1? Eh, why not? Throw 100 at it. See what I get. Pete Buttigieg, my favorite, the mayor. He's been on my show before. He loves John Daly. Not that John Daly. The other fat Irish guy with the blonde hair that hits a golf ball. Would you take him? I got him going at 75 to 1. Mayor Pete, come on, Hardison, give it to me. I I think people like him. I, I don't think he's uh, – he, he may be strong on there. I'm going to fade it. I'm going to fade it. Okay. Last one. Last one. Daly said – Get this woman in there. She looks like Roseanne Barr. Amy Klobuchar. All right, Amy Klobuchar. 250 to 1. Lose that Roseanne, Roseanne, what the hell her name, Barr's haircut. What do you think? <laughs> With the haircut, uh, I need. I probably need better odds. Cut the hair, we got a deal. All right, that's John Hardison on our odds, folks. That's right. Bet this guy. He's our crossfire. 68% the NFL on Daily Fish. <laughs> Daily, what's our next subject? Well, uh, I think, you know, one of the things, and this is something I think we, we've got to pose to you since you're a bartender. Um, talk about the topics you cannot talk about or you should not talk about as a bartender when you're in a bar. Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I want to equate this to sports and get a little bit more serious. Catch my breath for a second there. Uh, you don't talk politics. You don't talk religion in a bar. Number one way to start fights. The number one way. If someone brings it up, if you hear customers say, who'd you vote for? What do you think about Trump or the January 6th? You squash it right away. It's and, and religion is even worse. I mean, I could really start some stuff. I want to ask Hardline this because I'm not a religious guy, uh, John. It, it, whatever my heritage was, you know, I, I was never a church guy, never a temple guy. I have a problem with sports. I'm, I'm going to get some comments here. When guys bring religion to it and they bring certain figures like Jesus or, or Allah or Moses into it, uh, to cop out when they lose. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I'll just say, I don't think Jesus Christ is looking after that for you. He's looking out for everybody. If you believe in him, right. It, you know, the, the Lord and Je Jesus Christ is looking after us. Well, if you lose 24 to 13, he's looking out for the other guy also. Okay. Do you think that that partisan, when you bring up religion in a locker room, do you think that could crush a locker room? Absolutely. I think, look, everybody's got their own, relationship with whatever deity that they believe in and i think that when you start trying to push your beliefs on the other people i think that it becomes you know cumbersome like look this is the reality we look at locker rooms as, as a separate entity um from the real world but the reality is it's a place of work that's what it is you come in it's a place of work you don't necessarily want to hear uh everybody's religious takes like look tim tebow let's just throw his name out there because we got josh mcdaniel polarizing figure you know not everybody wants to be involved if you want to pray after or before the game you know look that's your right and that's your right on the first amendment but i don't want to necessarily hear all that when i'm in the you know in the locker room like look you know we uh we talk about the bar and the situation of that you know if if i see father o'malley in the bar i might feel a certain way unless it's you know halloween and everybody's father o'malley you know it's just a <laughs> it's it's a situation where you want you know your separation and, and you don't necessarily want to do it. Yeah, it could crush a locker room. Because as much as we have a Tim Tebow there, if there was a guy like Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> that, that was praying to Allah, you know, it would be on every front page news and everybody would run the ownership and have an issue. <laughs> well, here's how I feel about religion. I want Daly's take on it because he's a conservative guy that, you know, I don't want to hurt his brand. I think if you're a religious person, 
that's between you and your faith. And if, if that's your way to find peace in your life and faith in God, I'm all for that. When you have to use your religion and sell it to somebody, I'm against it. I just think that, you know, I think religion is between you and your faith. And, and I think it's great if you have something like that in your life that brings you peace and closure. I think it's fantastic. But again, you know, when someone's knocking on your door and saying, do you read the, you know, the first Advent? No, you know, and, and don't bother me. I'm just a Sunday. I'm watching football. That's my religion. So I, I think it, I, I don't know what it does because you've probably been in more locker rooms. And I've been in locker rooms before, but I see it sometimes. And I see, uh, you know, it, that, that the guys take their faith a little bit too far. And you could, and you could, I know Khalil Mack wasn't real happy because he's a, he's a, he's a Muslim, you know, and he, and he wasn't real happy with, with, with the Jesus talk and stuff like that. And you got to respect everybody with, with their stuff. And, and the same thing happens in a bar. You know, I, I've seen, I've seen fights happen over religion almost every single time, not really fisticuffs, but arguments and someone's walking out or I got to throw someone out because they've been, you know, belligerent. So um, I, I don't want to see it carry over to the athletic stage. I think that, I think, Keep 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 a field, Don Daly, or an arena like a bar, and keep it out of politics and keep it out of religion. Yeah, and the problem is, is that a lot of people who are involved in one religion have not examined other religions, not necessarily examined them to go over there. But there are there are correlations between a lot of these religions uh, that uh, that correspond. And unfortunately, what we do is we use religion too many times. I'm not saying everybody does that. But there's there's a lot of it to try to separate us, and uh, unfortunately well, that that happens a lot. And they're just they're finding that as another way to separate, you know, divide and conquer. Well, you know, before you say some hardest, and you know, it's a two. There's so much there's so much similarities between Muslim Christianity and Judaism. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then Abraham and you know, with, between the Muslims and, and the Jews, there's a great joke. If, if you did your Irish joke. If, if when Moses walked down the hill from the Ten Commandments, if we made a right instead of a left, the Jews would have all the oil. <laughs> hey, I, I got a question. A wrong turn, Moses. <laughs> I, I got a question for both of you. And, and this goes back to, you know, you asking about Notre Dame and the Irish. Uh, you know, this has got to be an amazing thing. They got the Mormons and the Irish to, and the Mormons and the, and the Catholics to meet in Las Vegas to play a football game. How the hell did this happen in the desert? Actually, we have that, more Mormon churches in Las Vegas per capita than anywhere in the United States other than Salt Lake. There's more churches in Las Vegas than anywhere in the United States per capita. You yeah. know, Sin City, and they know why. So you can you can atone for your sins. There's churches yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that's a great one. There's what? Well, well, who, who? Utah plays what? What? What's they said you know they used they used to have uh, Notre Dame. And they said well, convicts versus <laughs> convicts versus Catholics. Now we got yeah. the Mormons versus the Catholics. God, as <laughs> BYU's coming down for the whole state of Utah to come oh, and see all the Catholics that decide to fly in <laughs> to Las Vegas, and they're going to play at Allegiant. I, I, th I think it's great. I, I think it's really good, and that's you know, why you don't get Ireland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's part of it that as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, if, if if you look back at the history of, of Christianity, uh, everything was lost in the first from AD to to about the year one thousand. You know who had it was the Irish had it, and the Irish were the ones that actually, after you got through the Dark Ages, it was the Irish that that actually had all the stuff that Rome eventually took, and they got it. So. The Irish were the ones that, that kept Western civilization and Christianity going. So just remember that. All righty. Cool. Hey, let's talk. I want to talk about something else because you guys are out in the midst of it. Uh, I'm not anymore, but your water situation out there is scary. I mean, it's, you know, I, I see this stuff. I'm reading this stuff and I'm just like, I'm scratching my head. Get, tell us what you guys are going through. You want me to go first? Hard yeah, go ahead, Fish. Go ahead, Fish. Lake Mead to 27%. And um, Steve Sisolak, the governor of the great state of Nevada, said there's going to be huge water restrictions coming up. Get ready. Clark County and other counties in Las Vegas. I have a problem because, and, and, and my problem right now is reality. Reality is, I guarantee you, a casino or golf courses aren't going to get restricted on any water. Okay. But the ones that are going to be paying the big water bills, are John Hardison and Eric Fish Schneider, okay? And 
They're coming at me. I have a big backyard. You see my backyard? I got a lot of lawn back there, and they're talking about giving me money to take that out. I have dog. I have animals. I can't have animals crap on hot rocks that are 115 degrees and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to use the word stuff. Things like that. Um, it's it's scary. It's scary that and and I and I had a talk Hardison with Daly. I'm gonna let you talk and finish it out. That what what is the politics involved? both of you guys, on why we're not involved in desalinization that is so big in the Arab world and in Israel where they get all their water from. The oceans are not going to, they're not going to recede because we're taking water. The oceans are actually rising because of the melting of the caps. Okay. And it's a very, very, uh, it's a very big technology in a lot of places of the world. John Daly is very familiar with this. What is keeping us in the Western states from doing that? Instead of us having to go through water restrictions, they're going to raise our water bills like crazy. No, I think you hit it, you know, the nail on the head. I mean, look, they're not. I mean, especially that's the biggest source of income for the great state of Nevada. They're not going to restrict casinos, especially with how much money that uh, that could possibly detriment and everything that we just came out of in terms of 2020. Look, I don't have an answer. I don't. I, it, it is nerve wracking. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know um, what fees and costs are going to raise on us, you know, as citizens of the state of Nevada in terms of infrastructure costs, cost of water and bringing that in. Um, I think desalinization is something that's a question. And, you know, even I know the, the federal government has a device that can make uh, make rain happen in the air. So I don't know if, if we're going to use that or NASA gets involved, but there's got to be an answer to it. I know a couple of years ago and fish, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe five years ago, we were selling water. Um, here in Nevada over to like the state of California. So I don't know if maybe we got to find uh, another uh, a passageway. Maybe we got to buy it from a different uh, state like we did before, but there's got to be some type of answer that's available. Daily, why? You live there, Daily. Why, why, why is there not desalinization in this state, Arizona, and California? I have no idea. And the problem is, is that a, a lot of, uh, they all share all those states. Uh, and there's a lot of Western states that share the water. Uh, that come down from the Colorado River. And um, there needs to be where all the states need to pay California to not take that water and to build desalinization plants. Why they're not doing it, I have absolutely no idea. That I, I, they're saying they're, you know, they're going to need like 15 of those plants to be on the coast in California. That's what they need to do. And we've had John O'Hurley on the show. He's got a company called Gold Seal. Part of what they do is desalinization. Uh, it can be done. It's out there. Um, it also needs to be done in other parts of the world. I mean, the reason why we have the immigration problem is not because people just want to come here. It's just they have to come here because they can't grow any plants down there because climate change has completely destroyed uh, any farming for those places. And that's that's why they end up leaving and they come here. Why? Because they're going further north. They're getting away from the equator. Um there are massive problems that need to be taken care of that we're not looking at. And the, the sad part is we've got the technology and the technology can do that. And Fishy hit the nail right on the head. The, the polar caps are, are melting. Guess what that's doing? It's creating more ocean water. So, I, I mean, it can be done there. So, I don't know. If anybody is listening to us, if they've got a, a cure or a solution to it, pop it in there. Pop it in. Tell us. Uh, we'd love to hear more about it. That's for sure. But yeah, it's 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 a growing problem and it's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, and again, and look, look, I mean, look, people people are gonna come to Vegas, have a great weekend, and they're gonna take twenty minute showers in their suites, right? Yeah. We take a twenty minute shower, they'll know it, and we get fined. And look, we need the business. That's our main economy is the is the casinos. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, like in life, the 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 you know the the the, the schmucks like Hardison and Fish are gonna be the ones. And a lot of people have wells and stuff like that. Look at the golf course, John. We have a lot of golf courses here. I guarantee you, they're not losing yeah. one. They're not restricted one one spigot of water. Okay, and I don't uh, want I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I just want it to be. I'm always for equality and 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 in everything and justice and opportunity. And I, I sense I sense we're going to get fuck on this one, yeah. Carterson. Hey hey fish, I got to ask in all seriousness, uh, what are you more afraid of? Uh, the water shortage that's going on, or you having to spot that cheerleader from earlier? <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I actually found her fun. That was, that was, that was on. That was on. Wow, look at that. You know what's sad about that? Look at, look at that package. I mean, talk about a. Just, that's just a knock. You know, it, it's a shame. 
<laughs> look at the look on her face. <laughs> like that. You know, Daily, you got to stop having your ex-girlfriends come on Daily Fish. It's really sad. <laughs> the only chance I get to see them. Come on. Yeah, well, you know, look. Yeah, but, but you, you know, know, I mean. He can talk sports. He, yeah. he can really talk sports well, so we should we should have him on the show. That's for sure. All right, folks, before we go, remember we are Daily Fish. We're live on Facebook at daily.fish.5. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can see us on Facebook, also on the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. We're also on YouTube, Wingding TV, Hey Vegas TV. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. And use all those channels to hear our interview chats with our special guests during the week coming up. Going to have Linda Cohn coming on from ESPN. So we'll have her. We had Rick Saray on last week, so you can do that. Again, uh, I mentioned before, Hope for the Warriors. Let me just do it again. They have that big celebrity golf event coming up this weekend, August 27th, 29th. It's going to be in Wallace, North Carolina. That's near Wilmington. We will be there with Hall of Famer Johnny Bench, Doug Flynn, and again, rock star Rick Saray, who was on our interview show. Hope for the Warriors gets our wounded military warriors healthy and productive. It's a great charity and a great event. Here's what's great about it. This event is already sold out. So if you want to donate, you can donate. Just go for Hope for the Warriors dot org as well all right we've got a couple of minutes left here um was there any was there any bets we didn't touch on that we wanted to uh, oh i know what hardline what are you are you taking anybody in the irish game i'm taking notre dame i'm sorry not notre dame sorry nebraska i'm taking nebraska to uh to to win i think that this is a make or break year for scott frost and i know they've been calling for his head down there but i think that they're a better team um than nebraska uh, sorry than not they're a better team than Northwestern. Uh, and I think that they get it done. I, they, I know they've had a lot of issues since they've joined the Big Ten. It hasn't been uh, the way that they thought. I mean, now they were ahead of the time because, you know, the Big 12 is not really probably going to be around anymore. So, you know, kudos to them. But I think that Nebraska gets off on the right foot. And look, they were competitive in a lot of games last year. They weren't as bad as they have in previous years, but we'll see. But I'm taking Nebraska on the money line. I want your take, both of you. We have three minutes, two minutes to talk about this. There's a big story that broke today. All right. NBC, Fox, and CBS paid $7 billion to broadcast the Big Ten with the Big 12 when UCLA and, and SC go into there. And they knocked ESPN right out of that. ESPN yeah. wanted that deal. That's huge. They're going to have triple tedders on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, the, 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 the bidding, I think, for these comp, super conferences – Seven billion, not of them, a B billion. So when the SEC contract comes up in 2024, hard nine, over or under seven billion. Because that means Texas and Oklahoma going to that conference. I say it goes for ten billion. You got Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma. I'm missing some teams. Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow. I mean, what do you think? I think that goes ten million. Because Alabama, I, I, right, Alabama is, is the epitome of college football. I would say it goes under 10, but it will be high, high, a little bit higher than seven. And that's because it's more regional than the Big Ten is. Meaning, if you look at the, what the Big Ten's done, they've now gone out west and put a lot of those western teams, the USC and UCLA, and those viewerships and those diehard fans now back east, whereas the SEC is more just southern. I still think it's going to be over seven. Um, but I don't think it'll be 10. I think it's the same thing, seven. I'll tell you why. Because SC and UCLA are in L.A. Northwestern is in Chicago. You mm-hmm. have major markets in the Big Ten. The South is the South. I mean, you have, you know, you know Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Georgia is, no, Georgia Tech is closer to Atlanta. That's the ACC. Exactly. You're going to have Atlanta in that. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, not, there's no New Orleans. It's because Baton Rouge is, in, is LSU. Texas is Austin. Oklahoma is Norman. There's, there's a lot of small mm-hmm. cities, college towns. So it'll garner that. You're right. It's more regional, but big cities are in the Big 12. All right, that's Very true. Well, we got 30 seconds left. I think the big story is it's that ESPN. ESPN's got financial troubles, and there's a lot of talk that uh, ABC is going to sell ESPN to somebody. They're going to sell it off. So I would just stay and watch that because that's, that, that's a big telling tale uh, what's going on in the media. All right, guys. Got about 30 seconds left. Great show. Good stuff. Did did we do anything on bananas? Oh, I have, I have no idea. I don't like them. You know, I don't put a banana in my in my rum runner. But I will tell you, I'll tell you this. I got to get out of here. I have a class to take.
Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? It's at, girls, it's at the local. It's at the local Banana Republic store. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the girls said the reason why she liked bananas is because they have appeal. All right. We'll see you.